forgive me, I didn't hear you come in. Welcome to Quarter Life, a podcast all about finding your truth, your passion, and your drive. As always, I'm your host, Denzel, soon to be joined by my co-host, the elusive Greg Gill. Being that it's the beginning of a new year, Greg and I felt that it would be appropriate to reflect on our journey so far since the beginning of the podcast. You see, we feel as though we've come quite a far way since the start. But have we really? Are we applying the skills, the tools, and the advice that our guests have provided us into our everyday lives? And perhaps most important of all, are we happy? A great man once said, many receive advice, but only the wise profit from it. Quote, Google Images. Anyways, why don't we just get right into it? Without further ado, here's myself and Greg Gill. my grandparents before where does our family <coughs> lineate from and they're always just like you know simply say the uk like ireland england white people shit the minute my grandmother sees the an- ancestry thing on the table and finds out i'm gonna find out the truth she tells me about all these spanish relatives that have never made a mention she was like yeah we've got spanish blood and i was like grandma i've asked you multiple times i was begging to not be white you know begging for it at least a slivers just a sliver, not white, so that I didn't feel the whole blunt of the situation that we found ourselves in. Well, my, my stepmom did it, got her back, and they were like, what? <laughs> well, that's the thing. What if I got it and it was said, like, 94% African descent? Well, like, do you think, do you think they ever just f***ed up the samples? Like, there's no way they're not mixing the samples to some degree. Like, I just can't picture them being that careful with it because it's not happening happening at a lab highly regarded academic yeah, institution. It, it is a lab, but it's like the people that wanted to work for Ancestry DNA. So I just don't know. I hope they're not listening because they were going to sponsor this episode. <laughs> if my mom were to do it, she'd definitely like 77% white. But definitely some native. Like you're just, you're not getting what well, you think you're Well, that'd be great news. Some native? Absolutely. Oh yeah. No tax. <laughs> That would be be great news. Do you think you could take your ancestry DNA to uh, to Justin? Really? pal. I want my fifteen percent back for every year I've been alive. I know you already try to give it to me because I'm a poor person. Every three months, you try to throw some change at me, but it's not enough. I'm gonna not for what you did to my people. Anyways, the last thing I want to say about Ancestry DNA is I found Evelyn Gill, who I know. I know her. She's my great aunt. And I went to the clicker. $24.99. Oh, just to dirt. click on the name. The dirt squirrels. Yeah. Just a click. It was fucked. <laughs> Five clicks for one. And then they have like a different charge for every thing you want to do. Like uh, your... So that's how they get you. Your surname origin, your family tree. To start all these things, it's that's different fees. 
That should be, and one day it probably will be, like complete public domain, all of that information. Why not? Me, man, you're going to have to pay just to go on the website pretty soon. Not here. And also, some sites should cost more, sure. It would probably be for the good of humanity. Yeah. I was going to say porn websites should be more because then people can stop. I've never been on it, so. Well, I don't even actually know what the word means, but I have heard bad things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh. All right, folks, welcome back to Quarter Life. Welcome back to Quarter Life, Greg Gill. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. <laughs> sticking, sticking with it. Yeah, I'm just going to welcome myself back. Hello, Quarter Life listeners. What is this, a year in review? Three weeks later than it would have made sense. Uh, yeah, but everybody's doing a year in review on the first week. So, yeah, that's you know, true. We had, to let the, we had to wait to take our shot. Feels awkward with you back. I was getting used to this on my own. How many interviews did you do by yourself? None, but I did all the intros. Ah, uh, true. Intros are way easier by yourself. Oh, uh, how would you know that? I have my own podcast. No, uh, I, I, I just go off like times that I've thought about what I want to say, and I can sit at my own table and say it. Are you sitting at the kitchen table speaking out loud? Yeah. Are you listening back to it? No, of course. That's when you feel like, oh no, my voice was a little bit too irksome. Yeah, but nobody cares. I know, nobody's listening. Except for, uh, you know we have a lot of listens in San Diego. San Diego? It's San Francisco, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I know anybody in San Francisco. Um, for real, though, for real. You haven't been... I'm just going to break down the story, because the average listener in San Francisco probably doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know this. Um, Greg, after camp, had to come back to Halifax. I went back to Toronto, so we hadn't really seen each other for since August. Yeah. Until now, until January. Only a couple episodes have come out since then. And you're in most of them, except for the primal episode, but I did the intros and outros. So I've been thinking people might wonder, you know, where's like you know, you're not there. I didn't comment on it. But uh, that's that's it. Now I have. You weren't around, so I did that part and Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I don't know if I really said that much to begin with. That seems to be the general consensus. So I'm going to do my best to talk more in this episode. I only ever get criticism from... I don't think it's a criticism of you. I think it's a criticism of the, of the show. No, no. It's, it's on me as well. No, it's of me. Well, with Cheryl's specifically, because she knows that I have stuff to say, but I'm just kind of being a, being a bitch. Being a little bitch. Uh, anyways, here we are. It's episode eight. Um... We started the podcast back in May. Teaser came out in May. I think the first episode with Arash came out, I think it was like June 2nd. So I thought for this episode, it would be because uh, it's the beginning of a new year. We both have some stuff on our docket for the new year. thought it would be a good idea to kind of stop and take stock of what we've been doing since the show started compared to what we did when we were thinking of the show. You know, like, I want to know. I want to talk about if we're putting our money where our mouth is and if we're if we're taking the advice or if we're learning anything from these guests or if we're just doing the same shit that we were doing in April. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So we're splitting it up into, or we're going to have two sort of discussion segments, I guess. The first will be about this time last year to about the start of the podcast. So like pre-podcast to early stages, January of last year to June-ish. And then the second segment will be hopefully reflective of any changes that have taken place since then. So July through present day, January 2018. And so why don't you start us off with your 
January 2017. Well, yeah, okay. So I'll just do like a brief, I'll just try to encapsulate what was going on before. We were both in Toronto. I was doing a job called LSPing. Uh, I don't need to go into detail, but it was really like, you know, it didn't challenge me in any way. I made good money, but like it was, I was miserable doing it. Wasn't investing much in, in anything to make myself happier at the time. And that was when we were talking about the podcast the most. That's when we were really spitballing ideas about like, what could we do? And yeah, like that was, that was it. I just wasn't happy and I wasn't enjoying doing anything. And I wanted to make a change. And so... What about you? Yeah, I think, I mean, as the listeners know, I shared similar sentiments. was in a job I didn't really like. The pay, despite being pretty good, wasn't really doing it for me. It wasn't enough to keep the sales full of air. Whatever happens to sales, we'll cut that part out. Or wind, I guess <coughs> is a better word for it. But uh, yeah, and just so anyone listening to this episode right now knows, I think we can both safely say we feel... Better. So I don't, bail. don't bail right now because it sounds like we're sliding down this Back to where we started. No, I actually yeah. feel a lot better. Exactly. So you might want to stick around to see exactly what's taking place to make it so. All right. So we, did the, we, we started the podcast. That, to me, has been the most critical uh, element to, to me feeling better. Podcast is something like it's creative. I've had my doubts about it. I've had times when I felt like it was really challenging. I didn't know if I was mining good content. Like I didn't know if people were interested. And when we started it, we both said like it's not about, it's not really about if a bunch of people are interested. Sure, I thought that people would be, but it's it wasn't about if people listen and if people like it. It was more so about gaining something for ourselves, right, from talking to people. Yeah. And, uh, and I also said that even just by doing it and by working, you know, getting the creative juices flowing in some capacity, I thought that would be good for me. And it has been like, that's actually been the biggest thing for me. Editing, even though I gripe about it and like I, editing is, is maddening, but I feel a sense of accomplishment when I finish an episode. I feel like, you know, when I walk away from editing for two hours or three hours and it's not even that much work has been done, but I was steadily committed to doing it afterwards i do feel like i did work you know it's not like i just played video games for three hours and then i'm walking away and like oh, what the <laughs> f- are you doing like i actually feel like i really put something out that i can feel proud about regardless of how many people listen or like it or if it's as good as it could have been or if it's as good as it can be uh, i just feel like i produced something and i and i gave it what i could and so that's been a huge thing for me another thing which I was doing this before the podcast started, but I picked up more steam after, but uh, doing improv. Like, improv was huge for me. It started from doing acting classes, and I thought improv would lend to the acting, and I think it has. I think it's helped with my quick thinking, uh, and I really liked it, and I made a lot of friends through it. The improv community in Toronto, and for me specifically at the Second City, is awesome. I got to do it with Jeff Hutchinson, like a good friend of ours, and like that was awesome. We did the writing class, which we actually would have been in the mid... Would it have been done that? When we recorded the teaser, or were yeah, we it would have been like, no, we would have been done. But either way, like that was that, that didn't make good. my list. I forgot about that. Well, this, this is the thing. This is why I wanted to do it like this is because a lot of people, I think, don't stop and take account of what they're doing on a daily or a weekly basis. I'm guilty of that myself. I don't. I don't have a habit of thinking about the things I just did and how I felt when I was doing them and how good it felt and how. You know how productive it was, and you, you take a look back and you're like, "Holy!" Ah! 
Like, what am I even complaining for? Like, I did some awesome shit this year. I did some, you know. So, but yeah, the, the, the writing class was great. I did that. I did, I got back into yoga, like, in just, like, started doing hot yoga in December. And the more outlets like that, like, some type of exercise, uh, some type of mental exercise, like, with the improv and things like that, and with the editing podcast, like, those multiple outlets, which kind of sounds like common sense when I verbalize it, but I think that like that is a huge key to finding a, like a consistent sense of fulfillment and happiness in your day-to-day life because work-wise, the last while I've just been bartending, which has also been cool. Like I learned a lot about beer and, and stuff, but like, you know, it's not really what I'm looking for in my heart of hearts. Sure. But my point is, is that the work side of things, not exactly what I want in life, but I haven't felt as miserable about things. I haven't felt really miserable at all. I haven't felt 100% like I could feel, but I, I wouldn't use the word miserable because I found these other ways to uh, just keep myself engaged and, and thinking about these things and talking to people definitely just keeps it in your head all the time. might not be so easy if you're not actively looking for people to speak to about it and guess, but so those things for me, like I said, writing, improv, doing the podcast, editing, yoga, have been really big for for my general sense of well-being the last while. That's some stuff. I have other things, but what are you? Yeah, I think a strong theme that you just touched on, which is something that I've been trying my best to improve in myself the last few months, is what is called mindfulness, and it's obviously a very simple idea. And it's essentially... That's the word I was looking for. Right, paying much closer attention to the way you feel when you're doing things that make you happy. And like... Obviously, it's a concept that exists in philosophy, but I think the first time that I really started thinking about it was when Steve introduced like the um, doorknob meditation, he called it, I believe, where before you open the door, you sort of visualize or just like take a minute to really feel yourself in the moment. I feel like when Steve talked about it, because he was referring to the work that we do at camp and working yeah. with kids and stuff, and I think it was like if something really frustrates you or gets you like riled up. Check in with yourself and be right. like, regulate yeah. your like whatever you're feeling. Just put right. it in check. Haven't been doing that. I'm gonna. I don't do the doorknob thing, oh. but I, like that's when I first thought, oh yeah, it literally can be as simple as taking a sec, taking yourself out of whatever the situation could be, and pausing and just you know take a breath. It sounds cliche, but it helps. You know, all these things are psychologically proven to help stress yeah. levels and. Some regard, like controlled deep breathing. That's why people get hooked on cigarettes. They say, etc. At least that's what my oh really because that's what my honor supervisor would tell you because he didn't believe that nicotine was addictive, which is a controversial idea, probably for the sake of controversy, because I think there is a lot of evidence to support it being addictive. But he believed that it was more so the anti-anxiety effects of of controlled deep breathing. Anyways, that's a complete aside. Similar to the doorknob. What do you call it? Doorknob meditation? I think that's what you call it. I think you're right. Something I've been trying recently, I, I just read uh, Kevin Hart's book uh, called I Can't Make This Up. And it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a autobiography slash motivational book and just talking about all the success that he's had and how he got to where he is. And it's all right, book. I'd check it out. It's worth checking out. There's some stuff I was like, eh. But um, the uh, one thing he talks about early on that he says he thinks has led to him being able to deal with failure and bounce back so often, especially, I mean, as a rising comedian, I'm sure you, you know, you have to, the idea of bombing on stage, like, is the ultimate kind of failure. So, um, 
what he talks about is uh, the, his ability to shrug things off and how when he was young, he just learned to, when you're dealing with like when something shitty happens, when something out of your control affects you or when you, you lose at something, just learning to shrug it off and be like, well, it is what it is. Rather than, now I, I kind of felt like two ways about this because I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like you're not dealing with things. It kind of sounds like you're compartmentalizing issues sometimes because he talk, talks about like, crazy shit with his dad, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, for sure, there's certain times, like the other day in the car, somebody was stopped at a green, they, they slowed to a stop at a green light in front of me. And it really frustrated me. And then I was like, I was like, whatever. I, I wasn't in a rush or anything. And I was like, this would be a time to just shrug it off. The like, car is just a, shrug it off. The car is a good place to practice those techniques, I think, because it's very easy to, uh, you have this like sense of anonymity in a, in a car that for some reason, even though none exists you're, yeah. whatsoever, you're, that's still you and even your license plate is going to lead somebody directly to you. But uh, certainly um, it's an easy way to make people angry and it's small things that it can fluster you for like an hour afterwards if you allow it to, Absolutely. to penetrate your psyche. And the minute you decide that you're not going to pick up the rope... That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even beyond that, people walking, like, there's so many little things in the span of a day, like people walking, you know, people are like, oh, man, I hate when somebody walks slow in front of me on the sidewalk. I do, too. Then I thought, why would you even, if, you're, if you have the wherewithal and the mindfulness, as you said, to stop and be like, okay, like, do I really want to indulge in these negative vibes? Yeah. Then why would you do it? That is the root of mindfulness, of course, is training your brain to catch yourself. Catch yourself when you're slipping into negative thoughts. And like, I know a lot of people believe that it can't be done, but in, even the change I've seen in myself the last few months, it can be done. I'm not perfect by no means, but I notice a dramatic difference in the way I let little things. Like, I don't, I don't feel like Larry David every 30 seconds anymore. Wow. But I could for the sake of comedy, but I don't genuinely feel it. You know what I mean? And I think, anyway, I kind of lost my next thought, but all right. So I was working in Toronto full-time. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. I think it would have been a smoother ride if I had had the mind frame that I think I have relatively under control now. But there were also a lot of other things going on in my life that I probably, I'm probably not going to dive into. But like, yeah, it was easier to lose control then. I think I had myself a little bit more under control. Anyways, working full-time. Didn't really have any hobbies. Wasn't reading, wasn't writing, wasn't exercising which is an issue, and uh, even though there was a gym in my building, you know. Okay. Yeah, so I think we were just kind of in similar headspaces. So we both went to camp, had a pretty solid two months, and then I came back to Halifax. When I first came back to Halifax, I started by volunteering at my old lab here. Then I did get a job doing administrative work for a cool clothing website <laughs> that I frequent that I'm not allowed to mention. Started volunteering for Kids Help Phone, the crisis hotline. Pretty intense stuff, you know, when people aren't feeling good, feeling worse than we've ever felt, I think. How do you volunteer for that? I, I don't know what you would call it. It's like a, essentially, a, you know, a health of mental stability. Where are you doing it from? Are you doing it at home? So you give your number? Oh, shit, yeah, I would do that. They, it's essentially, I think it's four hours a week, but it's weird when it's... So what is it, just like your phone is at the ready? Yeah. But you're like, you're allowed to go do, are you like at an office or are you just... No, I'm just wherever. I mean, I, it's not even talking on the phone. It's literally texting. Like it's a, oh. it's a text crisis line. You can do the phone one if you I'd want. I'd rather be... Which would be easier. Local. I agree. I agree. But 
I also think in vocal communication with somebody, to me, that's a connection that I'm not ready for right now. Because when they're texting you, all they do is say stop, and you legally have to, you cannot respond to them again. Uh, Anyways, that's been good, but heavy sometimes, but not really. I haven't had anything. Do you you feel good about it, though? Yeah, and I haven't had anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Shocking happen. Um, Doing a little work at Strange Adventures now and again. Nice break up to the week. It's fun. Some hospital work. I've really been a jack of all trades and a master of none. But all things considered, I think I feel most of these little moving pieces are all contributing to a greater whole. I think. Like, it, I feel better than I ever did. But that's the point of this right now is to do a self-scan and take stock and do you. Like, look back at it. Like, you're being mindful right now. Yeah. So you don't have to say it's a maybe, I, I think. Like, thinking about it right now, you feel better. Yeah, I feel better. Because I think also it's... A combination of something that I didn't even mention was that, like, studying for uh, MCAT and the GMAT, making sure this time around, like, 100% making sure that plans can be solidified for September rather than just sort of putting all my eggs in one basket and having them, you know, whatever the metaphor extends to. But um, I think when the short-term plan is giving you stress and the long-term plan on top of that is, like, holy shit, what is going on? You know, and you have little to no... Maybe you, you still have direction, but when it's not as set in stone, it feels worse. And there's no, there's no choice in the matter. That's going to feel bad. Short and long-term plans are clustered. Yeah, not good. But I think both are fine right now for me. So I definitely feel like, I mean, it, based on people we've spoken to before and based on what we both just said, clearly a big part of it is having different, even if it's different work, you know, I know you said the administrative work isn't, incredible for you but it's like it gives me a laugh gives you a laugh it's still like you're you're in the environment that you you know you're interested in in like clothing and apparel and whatever but yeah yeah like you're you're working at the hospital you're doing charitable or volunteer work whatever you want to call it uh you're doing the administrative work you're working at strange adventures once in a while which you enjoy so for sure like it's see it's those multiple outlets of different diverse things oh and a big thing i'm not sure if i'm gonna get another chance to mention it but Spending less time on the internet is a big one, I think. Yeah, I would agree. And especially, unless your hobby demands it, like the administrative work, obviously, I need to be on the computer. But instead of just going online to read stupid articles on whatever, you know, whatever outlet you're using to read these articles on, just pick up a book or write a book. Like, it's really, it feels a lot better. And I can almost guarantee you that what you're reading or writing about from a book or a screenplay, whatever you're doing, is of far more value to you than, you know... Deeper imprint, intellectually. Absolutely. What have you, what have you read? Because uh, I've, been, I've been making an effort to read more, yeah. for sure. And I'm, you just said it, like if your interest demands that you be on the computer, it's kind of hard to, to avoid it. And, you know, with the podcast... Here's, here's an interesting thing that almost, almost bit me in the ass. So with this podcast, obviously... When you're creating any kind of content, music, you know, something visual, writing, whatever, if you're putting it out to the world, some part of you wants to know how it's doing. Some part of you wants to know what the feedback is, if people give a shit. Yeah. Even though I, we tried to stipulate, like, that's not what this is about, but we're all human, obviously. And so something that I was dealing with when I, like, I don't, you know, I never deal with Instagram typically, don't do anything on Twitter, Facebook, like, I'll, you know, I'll scroll down, which I hate, like, I do hate just popping on Facebook and mindlessly losing time to it. 
but when doing the podcast, I started thinking about, okay, I have to, I have to, you know, I got to put this out to all these other outlets. I have to post, I have to talk about it. I have to, but what started happening was, you know, I looked for the right pictures and I got to go adjust them all. And I got to write a long witty, some witty jokes in my post and I post it and immediately I sign out. So I don't worry about looking at the likes, but I, I, I realized that I was just lying to myself because what I liked was popping back on and seeing 26 likes in the last 20 minutes. Now, I've never been like, I've never really used Instagram. I'm aware of how, how those things like hijack your, your dopamine and your reward systems, but I never really interacted with it. And with this, I thought, oh, but it's, just, it's not vanity. It's just about the podcast but no you, those things are interwoven and I was popping in looking for to the point where the first first one came out I think or the second one whatever and I got like you know like 120 likes or something and I was like I was feeling good and then another one came out I think I got a little bit more than that and then when the next one came out and the likes started coming slower or less immediately I was like what the fuck mm. and I was like alright that's not what we're doing this for so I think I've I'm forced to interact with those things uh, but I think I've done a good job of chilling myself out. And I've been like, that doesn't matter. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here right now doing that. So just to comment, I, you're totally right. Like, that bullshit is evil in your head. Like, that stuff yeah, is no good for you. It is. And I think, actually, recently, they, I don't know who it was. I don't know who the researchers was, just published a first study that had pretty solid, conclusive evidence that social media is detrimental to yeah. your reward cycles. Um well, I mean, the thing about that that published study, it's not a shock. Like, it's shocking to me that that would be considered news. It's almost like yeah, yeah. it's almost like that time that the U.S. found out the government was spying on them. Like, are you really fucking surprised? Yeah. I mean, people know how social media makes them feel. And I, I guess coming from somebody that doesn't use social media, currently social media free yeah. across the board, it might not seem like it holds much value. But the reasons that I left were for the reasons that I felt coming and that a lot of people deal with yeah. all the time now because I would never even post things so I think it's almost worse when occasionally if, if I were to comment on something back in like 2013 and it even gets three or four likes it's like you're never coming down you're walking through the halls with your chest puffed out because yeah. four people liked your comment and if you recognize that about yourself then it's probably time to to call it quits and then I see the con converse of that which is people seeing other people's likes and feeling jealousy that Somebody else is getting these likes and then forgetting that this person is going through their own damaged, I need to post this selfie today to validate myself. Like, it's it's a vicious it's like cycle on. It's cycle, It's like, right? it looks like the infinity sign, really. Yeah. And it's never going to end. It's never going to end. Right. But elements, of course, there's elements that feel bad of not being on that, too. Like losing communication with certain people. Feel. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Right. You know what? That's, it's all a part of it. Uh, the, the people that you really need communication with, you'll go that extra step to give exactly. it away. Um... So yeah, spending less time on the internet. What have I read? I think I've read. I think I've read ten books since I got home, which is which I think is pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm but a slow ass reader. A couple of them were not novels, so I read Mark Maron's book. Waiting for the punch. Waiting for the punch. I didn't know if I was interested in that because it it's good. just. But isn't it just excerpts from interviews? Yeah, but they're thematically organized by chapter. Okay. So like one chapter is on like adolescence, and like it's loaded with stuff. It's loaded with the moments of the podcast that. Anyways. Um, a book called Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is about the early 2000s New York rock scene, which a lot of people probably don't care about. But I'm, you know, I like those bands, so I read that book. I read a couple Cormac McCarthy books. <coughs> the Denial of Death, which I think I mentioned last year at some point. 
because it involved that concept called the Immortality Project or whatever. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. That's fine. Um, nothing else is coming to mind right now, anyways. Okay. I've read, I've like I've been trying to read more and more. I am a slow reader, but like I just read that Kevin Hart book, whatever. Um, I've been reading uh, the Art of Not Giving a F. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? I've. I mean, that's one of those books that I think I saw it, and I was a hundred percent turned off by the title and the cover. But I know it's been getting a ton of uh, praise. Like I know a lot of people seem to really. Well, it. Nathan lent it to me. I never. This is all the or- it's orange. Orange, yeah, and it's actually just it's really just like the. The shoulder shrug thing. Yeah. Like I said earlier that Kevin Hart said it's just about choosing what you care about and like letting bullshit go. And I just attributed that all to Kevin Hart, but I'd already been reading the same similar concepts. And then it's also about it's just about deciding what you do care about and prioritizing it. And it's very much applicable to what we're talking about in the show thematically through like the whole series. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just figure out what you care about, prioritize that, forget the bullshit. If you got to deal with the bullshit, then. You know, don't put the negative energy into it and just be like, well, i got to do it. So what, what is the point of me complaining? Unless I can change it, in which case, then change it. But if it's something like, you know, i got to do it, i got to do it. And i got to do it until I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. Anyways, I, I'd recommend it. It's good. It's, it's, it is a little bit, like, self-indulgent with the humor and with, like, the, the first, like, chapter he keeps saying, I've only got so many f**ks to give. And it's like, I get it. You're saying f**k funny. Right. But I'd say that you get through that and then you get to the heart of it. You know, it's, he simmers down with it. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about that book. Read that. I've been reading some Stephen King books. I read the... Uh, this was a while ago now, but I read uh, um, a book about The Daily Show, about Jon Stewart's time on The Daily Show, which was really great. I have this newfound appreciation for like comedy and stand-up comedy. And I, when, I read this, when I read The Daily Show book, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, a lot of it's about writing. And I felt like, as I was reading, I was like, man, I could have worked for the day. Like, what if I had been dreaming of working for the Daily Show? Because it, it interviews all these different um, people that came through the Daily Show who went on to huge success, right? Like, uh, like uh, Steve Carell and other people. People that I didn't even realize. Like, I didn't know Steve Carell was on it. Because even though Daily Show's always been in my house, because my mom was a huge fan of it. Uh, we've talked about this before. But yeah, it's just, it's just cool seeing how these people got into it. A lot of them come from improv. Same kind of like... It's like it's like the same group of people like either went to SNL, went to The Daily Show, or bypassed that. Or, or sorry, um, no, that's it. <laughs> like the same kind of people, same ilk. I don't know. It's just really fascinating. I really like that. It motivated me to want to write. It motivated me to. It just made me more. I've been watching a lot of stand-up comedy, and I don't know. Second City really helped me just appreciate the technical ways in which jokes are prepared. Anyways, yeah. I, I just like that. I can't think of anything else, but reading has been a huge thing. I've been trying to make myself just get off the computer and read before bed, and yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's good for the sleep too, or so they say. You know, it's definitely better good than for the melatonin. Yeah, protection. Um, that's another thing that I think I've changed is I get I try to get up at the same time every day, regardless of when I fall asleep, and if it's a punishment to wake up at, I try to do like seven thirty. Routine. Routine yeah, is huge. It's huge. Uh, I've been trying to make myself get out of bed. Difficult when I wasn't working. There was a span of time, a pocket when I got back from camp that I wasn't really working. Yeah. And I had a little bit of a downswing, but, you know, I started getting up and going to applying and I started the bartending job. And uh, for sure, feels awesome to get up and do something. If you can get something done before, like, like if you go to the gym or go to yoga or something, and then you got the day ahead of you, feels like an all-star. It's true. Uh, cool. So you said mindfulness. 
I've heard people talk a lot about gratitude lists, uh, the idea that if you sit down and you write down things that you're grateful for, how that can like actually affect sure. how you're feeling yeah. and affect your day. And I thought I'd write down things I'm grateful, uh, experiences I'm grateful for having had this year. And as we said earlier, sometimes you don't think about what you did. Even before we started the show, I'd already done a few things in the few months leading up to the first episode that really, I think most people be like, well, that's awesome. It's like I almost forgot I did them. Uh, did you want to start some of yours? We're talking pre-podcast? Or we're just talking 2017. Like, we, we don't have to talk, yeah, we're just talking like, what have you done since last January? Things that you maybe weren't even stopping to appreciate before the show debuted. Debuted? Debuted, yeah. Do people say debuted? Debut. Anyways, I guess, breaking it down, a couple of resume builders for sure. The Second City writing classes was, a, I think, a unique choice. That was a good idea. And, I mean, say what you will about the course itself. I don't know if I really took that much material-wise from it, but it was still fun. I, I kind of forget that it's designed. Essentially, the six parts is one big course. Right. So, I guess I did, like, the first month of what right. would be a full-fledged writing course. And, yeah, so I can't harp on the course too much. It was still fun. Got me out of work early one day a week, you know. Coachella, which we both did. That's a huge one that I yeah. honestly <laughs> talked to somebody else the other day. Uh, like, they were talking about this Coachella, and I was talking about Coachella as a Okay, well, let's get one thing straight. We picked the right year, because this lineup is dicky. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I mean, when we bought our tickets, I think we were both looking forward to seeing Beyonce. Yeah, but... She's not worth the fucking drivel you'd have to sit through to get That's to. fair. And also, Lady Gaga was a welcome replacement. Lady we Gaga, we man. We had no interest. That was a good night. That was a good night. And we saw some great mindfulness going on right in front of us with that group of dudes. Remember them? They were having the time of their lives. Oh, yeah, the older guys. Yeah, they were loving it. But, yeah, like I, I was talking to somebody about this lineup, totally forgetting that I had just gone. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I went last year. And I was like, or this, no, last year now. And I was like, holy shit. I don't know if that's like a privilege, like, is, is, is it just like I'm, it's a privilege I'm not thinking about? Like, is it, is, is, am I so privileged in the things that I get to do that like I don't stop to realize I went to uh, a festival that millions of people would love to go to? Well, okay, it's a bit... You don't have to meditate, I don't need to meditate on that now. Nah, I know. Saying. I think I have a pretty solid explanation for what went on there because we probably both, we did, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. No, it wasn't. But it was still, in hindsight, still a great time. Yeah. Um, we both agreed, and Scott, who we went with, our good friend Scott, like, I think we agreed that, I was like, well, now I would know how to do it properly next time. For sure, and renting the tent, and bringing it, and when we could have bought one at Walmart. For cheaper? Uh, yeah. I that mean, was bigger? That's not the end of the world, but also, I think back to moments at Coachella, and I would have to blame myself for not enjoying it as much as I could have, because I think back to when, uh, I don't think you were with us at this point, Scott and I was were walking around the campsite, and it was insanely hot we were looking just for one of those awnings and i just was feeling nervous to go talk to we somebody. didn't want to talk to people and in hindsight to me that seems bizarre especially at a music festival of like, course we like, did eventually no i know we did but it just seems weird to me that we just wouldn't have gone and just hung out with anyone at any point no you're we right to ourselves and that's fine too but you're totally right there's things we could have done better but i think overall it was a good time you know I've been thinking the last year, I've seen, I the year before, I'd seen no concerts. I saw, I saw my first couple of actual concerts came at the end of the year. Then this last year, I saw so many on top of Coachella, on top of Coachella. But then I was like, holy shit, man. Like, you got to see Kendrick Lamar live. You got to see Travis Scott, like artists I genuinely want to see. I now feel like I, I could say I saw Lady Gaga. I even thought Lord was okay. Yeah. 
And there's others, like... I didn't dislike any acts at Coachella, really. I mean, it just goes back to seeing things that you shouldn't let affect you so much. Like, if you look around at the Coachella culture and it, let, it pisses you off, which it did for me, to some degree, I very easily could have been like, well, it actually doesn't piss me off. I'm here to have fun and listen to music. Yeah, that's on us. Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah, I, I, it was fun, and I'm glad I did it. And, Definitely. like, I need to remind myself, like, dude, you've got to go to Coachella. Like, that's a sick thing to do. That's got to be some, one of those That's nice, some people's uh, things, the only thing they would do for a year. Absolutely, yeah. And we did a lot more than that, both, both of us. I think Coachella is going to be one of those nice ripening memories, though. I feel rotated glasses. Yeah, with time for sure, the bad will completely slip away. By the time we're telling our kids not to drop Adderall at Coachella, we'll be thinking that we had the time of our lives there. And I did have a good time. I think we, we didn't had, do that. No way. We actually didn't, though, did we? We literally had like a yeah, like a yeah. We definitely didn't drop it. Yeah, nibbled. And then went patooey. Um, what else? Went to Niagara Falls, I guess. Does that count? Does it count for you? Yeah, sure. Say it. it Went to Niagara Falls. Went to Europe again for the second time. That's huge. Now look, you can't, but now you're glossing. Talk, like, that's huge. Went to Europe for, uh, two weeks. If I'm a listener, I feel like most people, myself included, be like, this guy went to, this guy went to Coachella and Europe. Yeah, Imagine all the money I spent on this shit. And now I'm acting like it didn't even matter. Yeah. Wow. Um, so in Europe, I went to Croatia by myself for a week. And then I met my sister, Cheryl, who was living in the Netherlands. And we went to Slovenia and then back to the Netherlands. I can't... Uh, my memory's a bit foggy. Sounds like uh, fun. It was fun. Yes. Got to see where Cheryl went to school for a year. Got to meet all her friends there. It was good. But once again, hindered in that experience was my sociability. It was lacking. So that's all us. We need to be more yeah, social. definitely. Yeah, you just get lost too much in your own head half the time. Everybody goes through that, I think, to some sure. extent. Um, camp, which I think was my favorite summer there. I don't know if it was my best summer, but it was my favorite summer. Um, what else? Came back to Halifax, and then I think I mentioned most of And what? Well, okay, yeah. Also, a talking point for sure is you and I both, in our earliest 20s, we're still in our early 20s, you know. I'm literally in the middle, but go on. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> if you ask a mathematician, they'll say you're in the middle, but I'll say you're early 20s. Um, we certainly like to place a lot of blame on Halifax for feeling like shit all the time. And don't get me wrong, it's boring. <laughs> don't get me wrong for one second. Like, this isn't, this isn't where I am my happiest, but I also know it isn't the reason that I'm feeling like a bag of shit. It really isn't. Like, and there are so many small things you can do in a place that you know well that you know make you feel good, even if it's as simple as going, making sure you go to L's once a week, like these sort of things. Word to L's Bistro, I was back there yesterday. Yeah, go to L's, work a shift at Strange. Now here's, that goes back to what we said earlier, and I actually said this, when I came back to Halifax, which I'm always missing when I'm in Toronto, even though I enjoy <laughs> Toronto, uh, this is what I realized, most places, doesn't matter where you are, you can find the things that you need to find to make yourself happy. All right, like for me now, I know Denzel. You like to do improv. There's an improv community here. You know, I can easily inter- interact with that. You want to do yoga? There's plenty of yoga going on around here. Like the things I said earlier. If you figure out what you want to do, the things that are ancillary to your regular life, like your job or whatever, because you don't love that, you can find them. You just have to be willing to look for them, and that doesn't mean that you have to stick around where you 
where you're unhappy, like where if you like, oh, I just don't want to be in Halifax, that's fine. But if you are here while you're here, this is the art of not giving a fuck. Like, okay, well, you're here. So if you can't control that at the moment, then control the other things and do something here instead of just sitting and, and moping. It's proven to be effective for me to just get up and find something you want to do and put time into it and find your tribe. I don't really like that saying. I think it gets said too much. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Really? Find it's tribe. just find your tribe. Yeah, find your group of find people that are doing yeah. whatever. And the cool thing is, is if you, find, if you do different things, you get to have a wider, broader spectrum of people to do your stuff with. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so, like, is that it for your, like, kind of like the things that you're, you're marking off? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I'm missing anything. I'm going to run off a quick list of things that I think, when I'm like, that happened to me in 2017, I think they're pretty dope. I, okay, so I, I said I did improv, I did writing, I actually wrote a piece of, like, I wrote something and submitted it. To, I, I showed it to you a while ago. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, Did I, anything ever come of that? No, I wrote something and submitted it to this like CBC contest, and nothing came of it, but like whatever, I did it, and the next thing I write should be at least a, a fragment better than the last one. That's a good point, too. I didn't mention this. I did take a crack at a screenplay. I hate it now, and it will never see even my friend's eyes, but it at least gives you something to like, put your energy into. Whatever, you did it, and if you want to go back, you can it's make it better, so and if you want to scrap it, you can do the next one better, but you get it. I think it's the idea that's bad with mine, but we'll talk about that after. All right. So there's that. Uh, and then I got back into yoga, which I really like. The big one, we, we had steel in here. We talked about primal. I adjusted my diet. I, I now have an understanding of what I'm, what I'm ingesting. I have like an understanding of looking at the back of a bottle or a back of a bag. Like I know what I'm reading about now. And awareness of health goes a long way. Like I like loss has been a big thing for me this year. Which you know, I'm not going to dive into that, but like I'm I'm more heightened and more aware about the value of nutrition and, and its influence on health and wellness and sickness. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel like I gained something in the last year. Um, I, if, if I talk about camp, you know, I had it like a, I ran into some roadblocks with things going on at camp, but just on the professional side of things. Uh, I, I think I did really well. Like I climbed a little bit. I, I got general, which to anybody that doesn't go to camp or who hasn't heard me talk about camp incessantly, like might not mean anything to you, but it's a pretty awesome thing to, to get at, at Tyler Hill. Had an amazing time doing that. Further solidified relationships with people, you know, Wyatt McGarvey and, and Grant and Taylor Freeman, who like I wasn't even really close with before. That was awesome. I built more relationships with the higher-ups there. So, like, of course, relationship building goes a long, long way. Got to talk about quarter life to people there. Got to interview my friends from camp who, who reach out. People like Rory McMullen who reach out and say, hey, great episode. People like uh, John Graham who messaged me. Um, Sally messaged me, like, out of the blue one time. That three people messaging me, like, that's enough for me to be like, well, thanks. And, like, make me feel good about doing the show. So camp was awesome. Coachella, like you said, I got to go to all these other concerts in the last year. I saw, last year, I saw Kendrick Lamar twice. I saw Travis Scott. I saw Jay-Z. Like, that's one of my favorite artists of all, that's like my top five artists of all time for me. Got to see Jay-Z live. I, I just got to see LeBron James play live, like at a Raptors game uh, two weeks ago. Like, that's something that's off, on my bucket list, to get to see one of the greatest, greatest players ever alive. I uh, got his ass whooped, though, I'll tell you that one. Uh, IT sucked in that game as well. But anyways, started bartending. Um, oh, here's a cool one. 
I got to say hi to Will Smith. <laughs> like that's sick for me. Like I, I did I back I did background acting and was on a television show for the first time and it's the most anybody could do it and it's not exactly like difficult to accomplish that, but it's still cool and it's still something that's done and you can Go catch some shadow hunters. You probably never heard of it because it's trash. Uh, but I also got to do background on a Gene Smith movie, and Will Smith went out of his way to speak to me when he walked by, and he saw that I was nervous and quickly looked away from him because you're told not to bother the stars. It, it was a pretty short conversation, but it was cool, and I'm definitely not going to forget it. And uh, now we're cool. Now we have, you know, we're buddies. So I, I got a lot of stuff that I accomplished in the last year that I think. I just like deserves to be recognized and stopped and appreciated. Made a lot of friends through different jobs that I did, and uh, I'm grateful for having done those. So, well, those are all good things. I think even when you mentioning the Cavaliers game and stuff, those are things that I forgot that I even did. Like going to a Leafs game with my dad, which is probably something when I was younger. I probably thought a considerable amount about doing that one day. That would have been a big yeah. And it comes to fruition. And really, at the time, I probably didn't appreciate it. In hindsight. I do, and like, it wasn't that long ago, yeah. so it's not like it's a regret in life to not treasure the memory. So I was going to say, it would have been a big deal when I was younger, it would have been a big deal to be like, I went to Toronto That's on a little point. trip. Yeah. I successfully moved to a metropolis city for a year. And like cut my teeth there, and like I don't know, maybe some people think that's not a big deal, but it's I, I think it is. It's not it's not that easy to to move away from your hometown with more or less no connection to anybody where you're going, and make it on your own and figure out how to get by. I didn't do it by myself like with my girlfriend, but I mean as a couple, like as as individuals, like that's a big deal that we were able to go do that and do it successfully. And you did it too. Yeah, but even like you did it in a more in a braver sense, in my. Uh, opinion just because I didn't actually move till I had a job there you took a much higher leap of faith in my opinion which is <coughs> more impressive for that's from my view perhaps you're gonna be sheepish about it but well thanks pal um I'll touch on like I think something big for uh even just my mental processes the last little while is cutting back on alcohol and it's kind of a like it sounds preachy but it's in my opinion indisputably true that to drink a lot is probably the worst thing for you. <laughs> I just think I do it and I feel like shit. I feel like shit even half the time when I'm doing it now. Not having a good time drinking, way worse time afterwards. And I just find it it is such a, it's almost like the, the hand that's pushing you into those poisonous thought processes. That's the way I see it. It's called alcoholism. For sure, for sure. I don't know if I was an alcoholic necessarily. I don't think I. I do. <laughs> I, I don't think I drank as much as joking, most buddy. people that I know. But there have been points where I remember when I was younger, I thought I would never drink alone because I was like, "Why would you ever do that?" You know, because you're just drinking to get shmammied and go knock on doors and run away or whatever, whatever we were doing. But there was once that I drank alone in like fourth year university, and there was once in like October, and all I did was watch Mr. Robot. But I felt like absolute ass when I while I was doing it. But it was too I couldn't like stop myself. I knew the liquor was in the fridge, it was my liquor. I was home alone watching Mr. Robot. What were you just, drinking? Uh Bulwark's cider. It's okay. I wouldn't go into the liquor store and buy it again, <laughs> but and I think that was the point where I was like, alright, well I'm just gonna see how long I can go. Went like two months, you know, obviously relapsed during the holidays because the only thing worse than Alcoholism is spending time with your family, so I chose alcoholism. <laughs> and uh, uh, 
But yeah, I mean, I drank the other night, but that was peer pressure. That doesn't count. Yeah, that was my bad. And, uh, and it was free, so that doesn't count either. Double doesn't count. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just find it makes me feel better to drink less and cut back on caffeine. All these things I think are good for anxiety. Like less caffeine, less alcohol. I feel more uh, sociable, really, at the end of the day. All right. Um, I haven't been primal at all, really. That's all right. You'll, you can get on the horse sometime. Cool. All right. Well, uh, what about your savings goals, man? Did you hit those? Did financial? You, did you have any financial you, goals? Yeah. Is this, this is my list. Oh, yeah. I am what I consider to be a healthier weight than I was this time last year because I think I went through like a... Uh, Too little? Yeah. You lost that weight, yeah. Yeah. So about this time last year, I was 155, which is, I think, probably shocking for somebody my height. And it got commented on. And it hurt <laughs> to some extent. Uh, now I'm like 180. I don't look the same 180 as I looked when we were going to the gym. Let me tell you that much. But I don't think it's like, I hope it's not manifesting in some sort of chubby. Yeah. It wasn't gained with much effort. Like I didn't consciously do it. So either that means I was drastically unhealthy last year. Are you year. eating three meals a day? Are, yeah, you eating, like, are yeah. your parents cooking? Yeah. That's yeah so they, they're, they're I mean, don't solution. get me wrong. They're not making breakfast lunch, but they are making dinner. And that's Well, uh, that that's only leaves you a couple to take care of yourself. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> let me tell you, you weren't making dinner breakfast or lunch in Toronto. <laughs> That's true. Chipotle all the way. But yeah, I'll chalk that up to being extremely unhealthy the first couple of months of moving to Toronto. How much do you weigh? remember. I'm, I'm, I'm low weight. I'm like, I'm like 150. I think I'm 150 on the dot. Although I'm primal, should specify, I still don't eat as much as I should and I don't eat meat, which is very unprimal of me. And I also have always had a hard time putting weight on. I gotta eat more consistently. I probably need to reintroduce meat. I already won the bet. Oh yeah, I won a year-long bet that I could go vegetarian, and I'm halfway through year two now. Double or nothing. Yeah, try it. I don't think I think he knows now. I'm not to be messed with. I'm um, undefeatable. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Did you have a financial thing that you wanted to say? No, I think I just saved uh, more money than I thought I would. Yeah, well, you saved 100% more than me. Yeah, it wasn't, that also wasn't really on purpose. I also could have saved a lot more. I made some poor financial decisions this year, I think, but... What, like Coachella? No, no. Most, like, I think living where I did was the big one. The well, big no-no. But also, it came with a lot of pluses. So for sure, when I'm at a rush. Yeah. Despite being expensive, it still was worth every penny, buddy, if you still listen. I don't know. Cool, so, all right. Sounds like we're both doing better, legitimately. Sounds like we're doing better, we're being more mindful, we're actually putting in a little bit of energy to be happier, like to like investing in ourselves is how I always say it. Investing in your head. That's how a lot of people say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess, well, why don't we talk about what's next, or what might be next. You want to start? All right. You know, when you left at when you left camp, we had a conversation then about like the what we were going to do with the podcast because it was going to be harder to coordinate things. I think I kind of already felt like, wow, like how am I going to do this? Like, am I going to keep it going? It, it's so time consuming. Now more than ever, I feel like that. I'm not sure like how I how I could do the podcast how I want to do it. Uh, but the main reason is because I'm I'm about to go traveling for a while, so. My whole story starts with, oh, I should have traveled and I want to do things and I got stuck in Halifax and went and did what I didn't want to do. And now finally, I'm putting my money where my mouth is because I had the opportunity to uh, move abroad. So uh, 
I'm going to Shanghai. That's that's all it really is. I'm tra- I'm traveling later this week, moving to Shanghai to live with my sister and her husband and my niece, at least for for the next like six months or so. And um, yeah, I'm going to use their place as a, obviously I'm going to hang out in Shanghai. I'm going to do stuff with them. I'm going to travel with them. But then I also get to use their their place as like a home base for me to travel around Asia and just do some some backpacking, which I've always wanted to do. It's a very millennial thing to kind of do, especially right now. So Don't worry about it. You don't care about that. I don't care. I don't care about that. You're I'm, doing I'm happy to do it. Exactly. So, yeah, that's... that's Imagine if you didn't do something because someone else did it. <laughs> because, once. yeah. You wouldn't be able to do anything. That's true. Certainly so. not yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm... That's what I'm doing now, and... I don't know if you told me if you told me I was going to be doing that 100% back in May when we recorded this. I'd go, oh, shit! Like it sounds like I'm taking something from the podcast. Like, <laughs> Why is that funny? Honestly, the look on your face so uh, jovial. Like Exist. you're sitting on Santa's lap or something. You don't see very many Asian. Uh, I bet you will in China though. Oh, you're right. Actually, not if you're not there for Christmas. Do they have a different Christmas? They got a different Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year is all of like February. So isn't it all of February? It's a lot of February. Yeah. So it's Chinese so Christmas like a week before. Well, it has to be. <laughs> that would have been well, the whole calendar. <laughs> what calendar are they even on? The Chinese one. Is it called the Chinese calendar? I should know that. Uh, I think so. Okay, because we're on the Gregorian calendar. I named that one. Is that what it's called? Yeah. You didn't know that. What do you think I'm named after? So that's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I think I've done a good job of. Being mindful and trying to invent, like trying to take the tools from the things that people have been talking to and doing what makes me happy. And now I think I'm just kicking it up a notch. I don't know. And who knows what comes after that? I'm, well, I'm intending to just make my way back to Madison. But, you know, maybe she'll be ready to do a little travel or who knows? You know, it's just, it's, I don't know. I feel really good about it. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like I'm listening. You know, I'm really listening to myself and I'm servicing myself. That's, that's great. Service in yourself. Sounds like fucking pornography addiction, man. Wait, what's, what's, what's pornography? <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. That'll be fun. Most of the time. Don't let the downs get you down. Traveling for any length of time, remember. Ebbs and flows, man. Thanks. No, seriously. Because I've talked to people, as I'm sure you have talked to people that have traveled and probably have warned you of the same thing, but it's pretty real. The, uh, I don't know what to call it, the traveler's dip. That's what I'm going to call it. You know, after you eat lunch, the post-lunch dip, you kind of feel tired. It's probably because you're having a lot of carbohydrates. See, if you had a high-fat-based lunch, I only eat lettuce. Anyways, um, so my intention going forward is actually to end up in the same corner of the world, right next door, or right underneath. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the geography that well. But my intention is to teach English in Vietnam. Um, which is something I've been thinking about for a long time. It's time. And are you, are you ready? Are you really going to do it? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure if I'm ready to actually be a teacher, but I think the best trial is oh, you kids definitely that, shouldn't uh, don't be speak around English. children. Camp has taught me that. Shouldn't be around children? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And who knows what comes after that? School. School does. That's the plan. So what about camp? Uh, well... The children want to know. They're, they're screaming your name. Obviously, at this point, it's it's up in the air, as it always is in January. It's the last one. But don't get me wrong, I, of course, want to go back. Never never a doubt about that. I want to go. 
Will I be able to? Who knows? All right. Maybe I'll die in Vietnam. You know what? I was going to make but a joke. But I don't want this. Oh, I don't want it. I was going to make a joke about that being a but I feel like I'm getting past that. You know, that's what most of our humor is based on. <laughs> um, all right. We're getting kicked out of our space, but... That's it. It's a year in review. We just talked about things we're doing better, things we're doing worse. I hope everybody else is taking something and being mindful. Hope I'm impacting all those listeners. If you live in San Diego and listen to this podcast. San Francisco. Sorry. San Francisco. Shout out to hit, you. Hit us up. Let us know. Let us know why. We got a lot of listeners over there. Um, please, as I always say, shoot quarter life an email at 25percentlife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Dean Neulander. Look for the for the quarter life stuff. You know, download us on iTunes. Do whatever, do whatever, and um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for showing your face. Thanks for showing your. Can you show a voice? Reveal your voice. Revealing your voice. What's the what's the name for like the for like the visualization of your a sound wave? Sound wave. Well, there you have it. Turns out we have been paying attention and learning from our guests, starting to actively make decisions based on our happiness, and it's paying off. And um, I'm grateful for that. I'm going to keep this wrap-up real short, nice and short. Um, I'm actually here in China now, Shanghai, living with my brother-in-law, my sister, and my niece. We had a fire today in the bathroom. Our light fixture burnt up. And uh, we've been sitting in darkness for a couple of hours, and so the house is freezing, and everybody's electronics are dead except for mine, so, you know, there's no TVs playing, it's dead quiet, and uh, everything I'm saying can be heard, and that's pretty embarrassing. So, yeah, I thought I was still attempting to do the deep, sexy radio host voice. I'm not. I'm just uh, trying to be quiet. Um, so yeah, this one's going to be short and sweet. Again, I hope people are enjoying what they're hearing. I hope you're taking something from it and, and enjoying being on this journey with us. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Josh Gamble, who you might remember from episode two. Uh, Josh uh, just recently started his own podcast with a couple of his friends called The Perks of Being Social. It's a dope podcast where uh, they just talk about things like music and movies social politics and, you know, other topics related to pop culture, things of that nature. It's great. It's relatable. So definitely should check that out on SoundCloud. Again, it's called The Perks of Being Social. And that's it for now. It's dark and freezing and I'm starving, so I think we're going to go find food and shelter. Um, more to come on the trip to Shanghai because it's been an awesome start so far. You know, house fires notwithstanding. Uh, thank you again, everybody, and until next time, this is Quarter Life. Clock's ticking.